Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Welcome to this episode, my friend. I am so thrilled to introduce you to my friend Emily Norton today on this uh, in this conversation. If you are in a season where it feels like the road is just long, um, if it feels like you are just facing an uphill battle in any way, whether it's a goal you're pursuing or just in life in general, circumstances like maybe life's handed you some lemons and the whole idea of making lemonade just sounds really difficult, um, this is an episode that's going to bless your life. And I really think it's appropriate. I feel like I've kind of been in this uh, on this kick or this theme of persevering when the road seems long and knowing uh, you know that the long road isn't necessarily the wrong road and really owning uh, where you're at and persevering in the midst of it that is you know a theme I think is really important especially as we move into the end of the year and the holiday season um, as we think about our goals for next year and all the things that we want to do and accomplish and maybe even look back at this past year and feel like that thing I wanted to do I never actually did or those things that we feel like we didn't accomplish or the areas we feel like we've gotten completely stuck. Uh, I think it can be disheartening, uh, especially leading into a season where there's a lot of celebration and there's a lot of connecting with old family members or old friends. And um, in that, I think we can sometimes begin to feel like I haven't made as much progress as I want to and I don't really have anything exciting to share. And so, you know, I I know that whatever that looks like for you, whatever whatever that thing is you might be hoping for or dreaming of or going for, but feeling like you're just not actually making progress on, for lack of a better word, uh, or seeing people who have done the thing, right, overcome their big battle and now they're speaking about it or uh, publishing a book or they're at that next level in their business and you're over here just like in those early stages <laughs> feeling uh, that that heavy feeling of stuckness or of just maybe another way to say it is maybe even uh, like disheartened a little bit or uh, frustrated a little bit. And so I wanted to share this episode with you and this conversation with you because I believe not only Emily's story with her husband, Chris, but also uh, just the way that she speaks on it and the vulnerability that she shares and the, and the uh, insight that she gives to the journey, the very long and challenging road, uh, is is not only inspiring and not only motivational, but also very powerful and hopeful. I think we need a little bit more hope in our world. If, uh, if, uh, if you look out and you watch anything on the news or you watch anything or listen to anything, uh, you know, for a little too long, you can begin to feel a little disheartened just by the world around us. And I think we can be even a little disheartened by our own feelings of stuckness in our personal lives. And so this episode offers not only uh, joy and uh, honesty, but it also offers some hope. And so if you're feeling a little stuck, this is the episode for you. And just for context, Emily just wrote a book with her husband called The Seven Longest Yards. Uh, Millions have been inspired by their viral video of Emily helping Chris walk across the stage at his college graduation after suffering an injury three years earlier and being 
being given a 3% chance of never moving below the neck again. Not even a 3% chance of walking, but of moving. And then he walked across the stage with her help at graduation. And then a year ago, Chris walked Emily down the aisle at their wedding. And so that was a challenge that Emily gave him when she saw he was losing focus and his daily training. And she challenged him to walk her down the aisle, not for her own sake, but to, you know, uh, you know, for himself and the millions who were inspired by that uh, saw what is possible when the impossible is made possible. And so uh, if anything, I think this this uh, quick episode is going to bless your life and challenge you and help you remember that even when the road seems long and even when something seems like you're making no progress or you're losing focus or even completely impossible, it is possible. There are uh, things to be hopeful for and to be focused on and you can keep going. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Emily Norton. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Welcome to the She Podcast. Hi, Jordan. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and be able to talk to you. Oh, I am so excited to have you. We have been wanting to do this for a while, and I just (laughs) am so inspired by your story. So it's an honor to have you. I think the best place for us to start would be just to kind of give you the floor a little bit. I know you just had a book come out in July, and Mm -hmm. it really covers your story. It's called The Seven Longest Yards, Our Love Story of Pushing the Limits While Leaning on Each Other which I want to hear more about. So would you mind just sharing with the listeners a little bit about your very unique love story <laughs> and um, yes. experience just through what you guys have walked through you and your husband? Yes, absolutely. So backstory, I met my husband, Chris. So he had a spinal cord injury playing college football when he was a freshman in college, got had went for a tackle and had an injury where he was given a 3% chance to move anything below his neck. Mm. And me and Chris actually met a few years after his injury on an online dating site, actually. And we just had this instant connection. I was very drawn to his attitude, his perseverance. He went through something so difficult and something that could have been so easy to find the negative and Mm -hmm. feel sorry for yourself, be a victim. He went directly to, I want to help other people. I want to use this pain for a purpose. And he started a foundation, started motivational speaking Mm -hmm. to help other people. Mm -hmm. And that's always been a huge thing on my heart is just doing what I can to impact others. So I was extremely drawn to that. And then I also like knew that in a man, I wanted, first of all, somebody who had a strong faith in God, which he did. And then also I wanted somebody who was strong enough to not let the circumstances and Mm. things that happen in life get him down, but to be able to fight and get better because of them. Mm. So we had that instant connection and I was just very, very drawn to him and he was as well. And we just honestly, from very beginning, like probably a few months in, I felt like, like, this is going to be my husband Mm. and we're going to be together forever. Mm. So that's a little bit of our love story. And we were married a little over a year ago. We are foster parents, adoptive parents. We have five daughters. We fostered 17 kids in all. And um, really my just passion in life is to help kids who are, who've gone through abuse, neglect, who are in hard situations, just really realize their love, they're special and God has a plan and Mm. just going towards it. What I feel like God's calling me to do, but there've been a lot of different obstacles along the way as well. Mm. I went through a really deep depression and struggled with anxiety, which 
it really, I was just in this super dark place for way too long. I was completely against getting help and I stayed there for so long, but, mm. um, and that's in the book, we open up a ton about all of mm. that. It's definitely the most vulnerable I've ever been. <laughs> and I don't like being vulnerable. Books are like I'm that. still working on. It is. <laughs> you like, know, it's funny. I always absolutely. say that's not to get off topic, but I always say like, yes. it's this weird thing where you write your heart out. Right. And you're like, here world, yeah. here's my heart. Please don't squash it. And then this thing is going to outlive you. Like, it's like you're leaving your legacy and it's one of the most vulnerable things. It's a really interesting experience. But anyways, I thank you for, first of all, sharing just kind of that overview of your story. There's so much there. I'm like, where do we even begin with this? I know listeners are probably like, wait, what? I mean, this is just so incredible. And I'm sure many people have said to you, like, in so many ways, there's probably, you know, elements of amazing like pieces to this and I and like you mentioned a ton of challenges that I think come with Mm -hmm. it it's a unique experience a unique setup and so I'm just curious you know so you guys started dating you started going through this process can you explain or share a little bit when was the first time that maybe you had an experience or a thought of like this is going to be hard or this is harder than I thought did you ever have that yeah, no, absolutely. So I would say I'm very much like naturally, I just want to see the the good in people mm-hmm. and see the best. And so I really did like see Chris for who he was as a person, which I just absolutely loved and fell in love with. But I would say when things started getting more serious and I'm like, hey, I see him as being my husband, the father of our children someday. Mm-hmm. That's when fears kind of came creeping in of mm-hmm. how is that going to work? Mm-hmm. There's going to be so much on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. There's so much that Chris can't do physically. He's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gained back a lot of movements, but independently, he needs help every single day, mm-hmm. which is his everyday needs. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, thinking about, well, how are we going to have kids someday when so much responsibility is going to be on my shoulders? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be so much he can't do. He can't wake up in the middle of the night for a crying child or mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff with helping with the physical needs of our kids, making dinner, going gro- grocery shopping. And so that's where I, like some of those fears really did come in. And mm-hmm. it was like, how are we going to do that? Um, the unknown. Right. Like like uh, from the, from the um, tangible side of things. Yes. More than yeah. tangible. Absolutely. And just Mm -hmm. like the really the unknown was super scary at that point. And two, I would say too, during that time when I was really thinking about those fears, comparison came in too, where Mm -hmm. I started comparing like other relationships, like the physical things, like they're able to go on hikes or Mm -hmm. do these kind of things. They don't have to worry about how they're going to transfer into this vehicle or travel. And Mm -hmm. if there's stairs, what are you going to do? Like some of of those things that we have to worry about that Mm -hmm. other relationships don't. I mean, I started to compare some of those things as well. And I realized like when you compare, you take away the joy Mm -hmm. of what you can actually do and what you, which was a big thing for me is like realizing that of like, when I'm comparing these relationships that I'm taking what we have and the special things about it and this peace that I feel that I truly believe God brought us together for a reason. So I just tried to push that away and just focus on what we could do, what we had, and just have the mentality of we're going to do whatever we can to make this work. And things take a little bit longer. Like we're just going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we have done. And we always have. And then once you're in the situation, I mean, we had seven kids at one point. um, (laughs) First of all, what? I like can't even comprehend. Can we just, what? No, No, that's how I would have felt two years Mm -hmm. ago. Like that doesn't make any sense. That's not possible. There's no way. And Mm -hmm. so I was fearing the unknown which then it's funny because then it happened and we had seven and we made it work like Mm -hmm. and it wasn't 
too overwhelming. It wasn't too much. Like Chris has been able to find ways that he's able to do more things and give me breaks and um, with the kids. So that's been helpful. But mm. yeah, I mean, it's really, I think it's just, just the unknowns. It's the scariest, but I did have that, just that peace from God that really helped me just to cling on to the relationship and push the fears aside, mm. which I'm so thankful I did. Cause yeah. I look at the life we're living now that, I mean, I couldn't imagine living any other life. Like I know that this is God's plan for our life. And so I, I, I could, I think like if I would have let those fears get in the way or the questioning the unknown and the what ifs, like if those would have just gotten in the way of what I wanted to do with my life, like we would not be here and I would have missed out on so much. Mm, I love that. I think that's such a powerful message and something I think we need to remember so much more if if I had to let the fears or the circumstances or the perceived limitations get in the way of not only the potential that God has for you and the story that, that, that he has for you, but also the joy that can come when you, I always say, like, I think we have this kind of what you were talking about where, oh, well, we can't go on hikes or we can't do these things that mm-hmm. other people can do. That's almost like it's comparison, but I also think it's like a FOMO, like it's a fear of missing out on something that, yeah. you know, we see other people doing. And what I've learned is when I get caught up in FOMO in any, you know, situation or circumstance. It's almost like when I am focused on what I'm missing out on, what I'm actually doing is missing out on what I have and missing out yes. on the potential and the possibilities of what I do have. And so I love that you brought that up because I think that is so, so true and such a good reminder. One thing I want to ask you to just di- unpack a little bit, and obviously we don't want to do too many spoilers here, but what were the seven y- longest yards? Like why that title? Yes. What were those yards? Can you just tell me a little bit of that story too? Yeah. So Chris was injured seven years before we were married. Hmm. So it took seven years to do seven yards. So he walked me down the aisle after we were married seven yards after, you know, Hmm. after we walked, we said our vows and we walked down the aisle side by side. And it was more honestly like the struggles and the everything that was there that pushed us to where we were. The walk was the easiest part. It was like the different challenges with our relationship. There was a time where we felt like maybe there wouldn't even be a wedding. And then with the depression and anxiety that I went through, I mean, those all of those different struggles along the way the times that we felt like quitting the times that Chris was like, is it worth it to Mm. work so hard to be able to walk at the wedding? All of those things kind of were like the longest yards, the Mm. longest part of our journey, but also really important part of our journey because we, you know, so many people have seen the highlight reels of that wedding walk that went viral. We're also when Chris walked at his graduation, Mm. but they haven't seen the parts in between the struggles, the the doubts that we had and the, the, the challenges between our relationships. So that was a big part of just wanting to be really open and vulnerable about that to help others realize that you see on Instagram, social media, in the news, these great moments, but Mm -hmm. those great moments don't just happen. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of hard work. There's Mm -hmm. pain, there's suffering along the way. It's just persevering through those hard moments is what it takes to get to those really great moments. Mm. Yeah, it's like the work you do in private is usually Mm -hmm. what leads to the opportunity to do something that is generally that. And it's that glimpse. Like if you think about all, how long did it take? I'm curious. You know, he walked you down the aisle, which is incredible, first of Mm -hmm. all. But that was, you know, a few moments of time, right? That was a short stint. How much work and how many months or years prior to that walk? How much work was that? How many months in private did you guys work and, and, you know, work toward that? So, I mean, Chris had been working since he was injured. So seven Mm. years before that and spending literally like three to five hours every single day in therapy, 
mm-hmm. working on getting his strength back. And so with the wedding walk specifically, we the graduation walk went viral and we realized the impacts that it had on people and how it gave people hope. And so me and Chris were talking and we're like, we don't have a choice. We have to do this walk. Mm-hmm. We have to show people that anything's possible with God, with hard work, and there's always hope. You're never alone. And so at that point, when we decided that it was about like, I would say like 10 months before the wedding, where we went like all in trying to get ready for that walk. And at that point, we, for the graduation walk too, we did side by side walking. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, I was in front of him when we walked and that mm-hmm. was so much easier. And then when with the wedding, like, I mean, we, I have a dress on, I couldn't be walking backwards with right. a long dress. We knew we were going to have to do it side by side. So 10 months prior, literally, we tried for the first time to walk side by side and Chris couldn't even take one step, mm-hmm. not one step at that point. And he was super frustrated. He's like, put me in bed. Like I, cause we would always walk to bed. That's what mm-hmm. we would do. Like every night before bed, we'd walk to bed and it just took like, just keep doing that. And it took, it went from not being able to do a step to be able to do one step, to do mm-hmm. a few steps, to be able to walk behind the bed, to down the hallway. I mean, like mm-hmm. it was this very, very slow progression to get to that point where he was able to walk seven yards and he was putting in three to four hours of training at a very intensive gym working out and then doing stuff at home and then doing that walk every single day to get to that point. So it took a ton of work, a ton of time and hours that went into just making that possible. Wow. I I just, first of all, just, it's amazing. And I also really love that you unpacked that a little bit because it can be, like you said, it's so easy to see the highlight reel or the big moment. And there's all of this, not only work, but also I think tears Mm -hmm. and frustration and challenges. And like you said, even challenges between you guys, because of course it's learning, okay, how do we lean on each other without fully, you know, having to depend on each other, but also leaning on each other and having that support and knowing that difference and, and persevering. I think persevering is somewhat of a lost art in our world. And so hearing your story, I hope, is what's encouraging to, to these listeners and to these women listening, because I think that's such a, a testimony of what it looks like to persevere and that you're continuing to do that and continuing to kind of defy the odds or push the limits and say, you know what? No, we can we can have 17 foster kids. No, okay, <laughs> we can have five. Like, who's to say we can't? That's only circumstances right. trying to stop us from making an impact on this world. And I... With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. I'm like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. 
Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Yeah, I absolutely love that part. But I also want to touch briefly on you had mentioned, you know, struggling with depression and anxiety. Can you touch a little bit more on that part of the story? What was that experience like? When did that happen? Was that during, you know, preparing for the wedding? Was that earlier? Was that after getting married? Mm-hmm. And and just unpack that a little bit for me. Yeah, so it happened uh, previous before we were married. It was actually so um, Chris had set the goal to walk out his graduation, which I brought up a little bit, which he did. And we moved from where we were living at the time after college. And we went to Michigan for this intensive gym called Barwis Methods to go all in for this graduation walk. And I had felt some signs previously of like not really having as much energy and wanting to sleep more and not caring as much as I once did, but I just buried it down and we went all in. We're like, I'm going to help Chris accomplish his goal of his graduation. And it was a huge distraction for me where I just buried those things down and they were there, but like, I didn't really even know they were there. And then right after the graduation walk, when that distraction was gone, all of a sudden it hit me hard where I went just completely into like the darkest time of my entire life. I've never been any anywhere near the time that I was in at that point. And everything was super dark. And I went into this very, very deep depression mm. where I literally like life was sucked out of me. Like I had mm. no life in me. Life kept going. My life inside me, like I had stopped living. Mm. And it was just really going through the motions of just doing what I had to do. But I was sleeping way more, getting these headaches. I mean, I was not myself. I felt like like this Emily that once cared so much, had so much empathy and compassion for people and did everything I possibly could to help people was gone. And she's mm. never coming back. 
I literally was at this point where I had lost hope completely. And I did not think things would ever change. Like every day, just getting out of bed was this huge battle. And then having to help Chris, I was his full-time caregiver at the time Mm. too, became such a huge burden. Like it was so hard. Mm. If he needed water, it felt like the biggest thing ever for me to have to get up and go get him water, which Mm -hmm. sounds so silly now, but Mm -hmm. it was just a place I was in where everything took, it just sucked everything out of me. Like it was so hard to just keep going and I didn't want to. Mm. So honestly at a point, like if this is how life's going to be, like, I don't want to be alive anymore. Mm. And I'm somebody who's extremely independent. I always have been. I've always, like, since a very, very young girl, wanted to do everything myself. That's just my natural tendencies of, like, just wanting to do things myself. And so I had this view of, like, if I was to let out what was happening, let out these feelings and get help, like, that would prove I'm crazy. Like, mentally, I'm never going to be okay in life because nothing bad happened to me. So it was like, if I can't get through this, like I'm, I'm in trouble in life. I'm never going to be able to get through anything if something bad actually happens. Mm. So I had that view of like, I have to do this myself. There was no other option, but to do it myself. I didn't open up to Chris about how I was feeling. Honestly, I didn't even accept myself. Like I wasn't even like, I wasn't even allowing myself to accept the fact of how I was feeling Mm. because again, it comes back to like that vulnerability and feeling like I wasn't me anymore, feeling Mm. helpless when I had never felt that way feeling like I wasn't loved, I was alone, that life was just so hard. Like those were the feelings that I did not want to feel. And at any cost to myself or anyone around me, I buried them. I pushed them under the rug. And I was like, if I push them down, I don't have to deal with it, Mm. which obviously doesn't work like that. So I just kept going, going, going. And I suffered for way too long because I had those views of just burying down my feelings, not letting it out. And I numbed like everything. So even numbing the bad feelings and the struggles and everything made me numb everything. Mm -hmm. So feeling joy, happiness, love, compassion, like it was all numb. Like I just wasn't really feeling much of anything except for anger. Mm -hmm. Anger came out like that was the easiest thing to feel for me. I I remember a moment where Chris said to me, like, do you have any idea how your anger is affecting me? And I looked back at him. I'm like, I don't care how my anger is affecting you. Like I could care less if you had any idea what I was feeling on the inside, you would be glad I was angry. And that's where I was at. It was like, it was so much easier to feel anger than anything else. So that's what I felt. That's what I went to with everything that was bottled, bottled up. It just started coming out with the anger. And I suffered just way too long because of all of those views. Mm. I was going to say, so you're in this place of, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that so openly. Yeah, (laughs) And just honestly, because I know so many people have experienced similar feelings and similar experiences. One thing I was going to ask you is, was there a certain turning point? You know, you you, like you Mm -hmm. shared, there's this place where you're like, this is just how it is. And if this is just how it is, I don't want to be here anymore. Was there was there a certain day or experience or time that began to turn it around? Or was it a a progression of deep work? Like what was kind of an epiphany or a turning point or when did it begin to change for you? Yeah. So I did, I went away from God for that whole entire time again, because when I went to God, I felt vulnerable. I felt uncomfortable. I would cry. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to feel this. So I went away from him Mm -hmm. and lost my relationship with him completely. And so then when what changed it is there was one day where I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell Chris, I just went to church. I just showed up at church one Mm -hmm. day and the priest was talking about praying. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't been praying for so long. And I've been burying all of these feelings down, not wanting to feel it. Nothing's getting better. Nothing's changing. Things are only getting worse. 
And I was like, you know what? That's like the first thing I'm going to start with is just praying. So mm-hmm. I went, I sat in a parking lot at TJ Maxx. I went in, got a journal and just for the first time in years, like wrote down my prayers and wrote down everything that I was burying down, all of the feelings that I was struggling with and was just super real, super vulnerable and let it out. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I started opening up a little bit more to Chris about how I was feeling. And mm-hmm. then we decided there was actually a church, Christ Fellowship. It went up across from where we were living at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we just decided to start going there. And that's when, honestly, everything like changed completely. It was this church we went to where we actually wanted to keep going. It was like something that I look forward to is going mm-hmm. to church on some Sunday when everything always felt super draining at the Mm. time, like this was like giving me life and Mm. energy. And I was, we were hearing these messages that were so relatable to our life. And then there was a a few weeks in, we had been showing up at church. I was praying a little bit more, feeling a little bit better, but definitely not still feeling depressed, still struggling with anxiety. Like that hadn't changed. But I, there was a moment where the um, pastor shared that sometimes people go through times, hard times, because there's pieces of them that are going to hold them back from following their calling and purpose for being here. And that God will take those pieces that away from us, Mm. away from the the things that are going to hold us back and make him make us more like Jesus to be able to follow our calling. And then I felt like he was specifically talking to me. And he said, sometimes like, even if somebody's very independent, they might go through a hard time to realize they don't have another choice but to depend on God. Mm. And I was like, oh gosh, that is so me mm. to a T. I've been depending on myself my entire life. I mm. didn't, those were the, the habits I was in. That's what I was doing. It's completely depending on me, putting all of the weight on my shoulders, trying to help people, like following my calling, but taking their happiness and their success and putting it on my shoulders and taking that responsibility on mm. me and not depending on God and not letting go of what was out of my control. And so that's when I was able to finally get the strength and courage to call and make an appointment with a professional and just Mm. let go of everything that I was holding in. And um, I was put on a medication and she said in about three weeks, you know, you should be noticing a difference and literally like clockwork. Three weeks later, we were playing a game, Chris and I, and I looked up at him. I'm like, man, like, I love our life. Like we live a good life. And this Mm. was, I was living the exact same life, but I had not thought that for so long, almost two years. And then I was at this point where like everything just was lifted. Like I felt like I could breathe again. I wasn't suffocating anymore. And that I was living a good life. Um, Mm. And the chemicals were so imbalanced inside my body. And I was trying to fight something for so long that I was never going to win at by doing it myself. Mm. And I, I still would be struggling right now if I wasn't able to let go of that control and let go of the fact of like getting help, feeling like it was a weakness and feeling like it would make me crazy instead of realizing that help is a strength. And mm. I absolutely needed help. And I also absolutely needed my relationship with God and mm. needed to pray and to surrender the weight. And that's how I was able to get through that. Mm. First of all, go girl. Second of all, go God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, I love that you paired those things together too, because I think, and this is something that I've, you know, just observed and also heard as a pain point from a lot of my readers and listeners, and maybe you've experienced this is huge. But I think, you know, I love that you paired both kind of pursuing that relationship with God again and realizing like, okay, it doesn't all depend on me. But I think mm-hmm. what can be hard with sometimes or for people sometimes is to think like, okay, there's a lot that is out of our control, but we still have actions to take, right? Like, I love that you said, okay, I'm going to be proactive and I'm still going to go seek help from a professional if this is something I truly need. 
rather than saying like, okay, it totally depends on God and I'm just not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. It's more like, Oh, absolutely. It's more of a mindset and a perspective shift. And I think that gives us a lot of freedom to then move freely and to take action without fear. But I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we, we hear that and we translate it to mean, okay, sit there and wait for God to do something. And I I definitely think that can happen. I definitely think God is a God of miracles, but I also believe Mm -hmm. there's also this element of action. And so I love that you kind of share those things in tandem where you went and, and, and got help. And my husband and I, I love the way he describes like getting professional help or seeking counsel where for the first couple of years of our marriage, we, you know, I had been saying like, I kind of want to do marriage counseling. Like why do people do premarital counseling? And then it just drops off when they're learning to like be married. Right. Um, right. And he, but a lot of times that's seen as like the nuclear option, or it's seen like, if you go to counseling, like you must be falling apart and like, you know, it's right. this whole negative thing when in reality, once we actually started going, we found a great couple to be kind of our marriage counselors. And once we start, we went a few times, he goes, oh my gosh, this isn't like the nuclear option. I, he goes, I realized this is like getting an oil change where you don't, yeah. you don't, I think what can happen is we aren't the, we aren't willing to go and be proactive about something. And so then we end up being totally reactive or we yes. just get stuck. And so even yep. in your case, I love that you were proactive enough to say, first, I need to shift my perspective and realize that it doesn't all depend on me. And I'm not mm-hmm. carrying the weight of the world. I'm just believing that lie that it does all depend on me. And second of all, right. I'm going to take the vulnerable and difficult, but very needed action step to go seek help and to see, and to hear that that actually. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was like huge for me because when I was able to let go of that control, that's when I was able to finally take action mm-hmm. because I was carrying so much that wasn't in my control. It was completely mentally paralyzing mm-hmm. me from being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's been huge too, for being parents as well. Like I have to surrender the weight of what's out of my control but that doesn't mean like I'm going to depend on God and do absolutely everything to raise right. my kids. You know, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to let go of things that are out of my control so I can focus on what is in yes, my control. Exactly. And that's what was able to change it completely. When I was trying to fight something that was not my fight, it, I was, I was stuck. I was completely stuck. Mm-hmm. But when I was able to surrender that and give that weight to God, that's when I was like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm not supposed to carry all this, but I am supposed to carry this. I am supposed to do this. I do have to go get help. I have to make the call. I have to get in the car. I have to go there. Mm-hmm. I have to be open and vulnerable. Like that's up to me, but it made it very, very clear when I was able to realize that not, it, it's not all up to me. That I can mm. depend on God. I have to depend on God, but then I also need to depend on others too mm. when I need it. Yes. Amen, sister. <laughs> like that is such a good word and such a good reminder for us as, you know, wherever we are in our journeys and what we're facing or battling. And one of the thing that I, you know, I feel like I've, that's kind of come through that I just want to emphasize before we mm-hmm. kind of wrap up is, you know, you had talked about, I think sometimes when we feel like we're trying to control what we're doing is really burying feelings, burying um, what's actually happening, like you said, right. versus just really facing them head on. And I think when yes. you do let go of control, there is that like, okay, I have, there's no shame here. Now I'm going to face it head on. And I think that's what mm-hmm. happens when you begin to rely on God more than yourself, but still have, like you said, the discipline and the willingness of you actually, I think are compelled to take action when you yeah, look at it through absolutely. that lens. And so, and you absolutely. really can have that courage to face those things headed on with exactly what you did. So I just right. love that. No, that's for sure. I know like for me still, I still struggle with wanting to bury things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's these two kids that we fostered almost three years ago and we're staying in contact with them. We're really close with their family, with their mom. And they were struggling last week and the mom called and they came over for a few days and um, I was able to help out with some things, but I left and I was 
devastated because the little, the two-year-old was bawling her eyes out when I left. I felt so helpless that I couldn't comfort her. Mm. And I had all of this weight come back and all of this, like my natural instincts of bury it down. I don't want to cry. I don't mm. want to feel this. I'm like, no, I have to let this out. And it's, it's really, you have to be intentional about that and fight it. Like you said, fight it head on. Mm. Cause when you bury it, when you don't let it out, like it's not disappearing, it's still there. Mm. And that's a big thing still. It's really hard for me to do because naturally I, I hate doing it and mm. I hate facing uh-huh. being vulnerable and letting it out. But the sooner you do it, the easier it is. And when you're aware of it, that's when you can really fight it. Mm. So good. It's kind of pushing past our own limitations in some ways, like our mm-hmm. own pride, our own stubbornness, our own physical limitations. Like I feel like that's yes. really the theme that's come through here. And I think that's where true strength comes. I think that's where breakthrough comes. And I think that's a really big part of this message in this story. So I think it's gonna be so, so encouraging. Last thing I want to ask you, actually, I have two last questions. The first would be, what would you say to someone who finds themselves in that place? Whether it maybe maybe they're struggling with depression or anxiety, or maybe they're just in a very, maybe they're feeling very stuck, like very mm-hmm. limited. Maybe what Chris was feeling when he was preparing to try to walk down that aisle, but just facing, you know, frustrations and trying to figure out how to actually get that first step. What would yeah. you suggest as a first step to someone who's either frustrated, feeling stuck by in their circumstances, or really just completely in a place of feeling like what you were feeling and being in a place of depression and anxiety and not knowing if they were going to be able to move forward in this whole conversation about, you know, pushing past limits and moving forward and really using the imagery from your own story and learning how do we even take that first step and lean on mm-hmm. help and God and one another? Like, what would you say to that person who's trying to just get that first step? Yeah. I mean, I would say you just have to do it. Like you're rip off the bandaid, go and do it. And Mm -hmm. if you don't even know what that first step is, I feel like you just have to pray, go to God, go to somebody you trust and let out what's going on on the inside. Don't bury it. And just, just really just keep moving forward. And even when it feels like you can't do it, you'll prove to yourself you can if you do it anyway. Push mm-hmm. past the fears, push past the times when you feel like you can't do it, when you don't want to do it and just mm-hmm. do it anyway. That's something that's been really helpful for me. And just, I think honestly, the biggest thing though that pulled me out of it, like we talked about was just being able to surrender the weight to God of what's out of my control and lean on others. Getting help is a strength, not a weakness. Mm-hmm. And you just have to do it. You just like, there's no other choice when mm-hmm. you've got, when you feel stuck, like you can either stay there and stay there forever, or you can take the first step and move forward, ask for help, pray. Like you just got to do something um, mm-hmm. to keep moving forward and to face those fears head on. Cause every single time you bury it, every single time you feel like, you know, you can't get through this and you stay in that, like you're going to stay there. So you have to be super proactive of getting in God's word, praying, doing what makes you come alive and just taking that first step, even when you might, even when it feels terrible, even when you feel like you can't do it. Mm, So good. Just do it anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So that's something we've been focusing on is just Mm. do it anyway. We've been telling our kids that too, Mm. when they're scared about something, we have one of our daughters who struggles with fear a lot. And it's like, you've got to do it anyway. Mm. You're going to realize you can do this. You're going to realize it's not as bad as you think. You just have to do it anyway. Mm. Love it. So good. Emily, where can everyone find you if they want to continue following your journey or get your book or just continue to be encouraged and inspired by your story? 
Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. It's my handles at Emily Summers Norton. And then, I mean, our book is really pretty much anywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, just anywhere books are, you can look it up and it will be there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Emily, thanks so much for sharing your heart and your story and your time and just encouraging us so much to not only persevere, but also to get up and do it anyway. And Mm -hmm. to really lean on God and seek the help that we need to really show up for I believe what we're made to do and live the life and make the impact we are all made to have so it's such an honor to get to know you and to have you on the show thanks for being here yeah thank you so much for having me I'd love to hear from you it makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.